It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. It's Saturday the 14th of October. I'm Kira Evans and this was a week that saw a horror attack on Israel. War declared on Hamas in the Gaza Strip. Sir Keir Starmer addresses the Labour Party conference and Holly Willoughby quit this morning. Grab a cup of something hot. Put up your feet and get up to speed on the seven biggest stories of the week. This is the standout seven from the Smart Seven. It's news, but not the news. Last weekend saw a terrorist attack on Israel which left hundreds dead and thousands more injured. The Palestinian militant group Hamas sent fighters across the border from Gaza into Israel, catching Israeli defence forces off guard and massacring thousands of innocent civilians, including almost 300 young people at a music festival. Hamas, the Islamist group, has controlled the Gaza Strip since 2007 and their conflict with Israel stretches back more than 30 years. Its charter calls for the complete destruction of Israel and eventual creation of an Islamic state in Palestine. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu addressed his citizens on Saturday morning and formally declared war. Citizens of Israel, we are at war. Not in an operation or in rounds, but at war. Hamas launched a murderous surprise attack against the state of Israel and its citizens. The enemy will pay an unprecedented price. Israel struck back hard with airstrikes and amassing of troops on the border prepared for an invasion of northern Gaza with the aim of exterminating Hamas as an organisation. The civilian debt toll in Gaza has risen all week and residents were ordered to evacuate on Friday morning. The UN Security Council met urgently to discuss the ongoing war and called for calm and a de-escalation. With Lana Zaki Nuzibaya, the United Arab Emirates ambassador to the UN, speaking to the press after the meeting. Uh, what we need to lead to right now is uh, a ceasefire and... Uh the resumption of negotiations down the line, but we're not at that state yet, as you can imagine. The attack on Israel attracted widespread condemnation from across the world, with Western leaders declaring solidarity with Israel, including Ukrainian President Zelensky, German Chancellor Scholz and Canadian PM Trudeau. UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak condemned Hamas in a press conference on Sunday. I want to express my absolute solidarity for the people of Israel. Hamas and the people who support Hamas are fully responsible for this appalling act of terror, for the murder of civilians and for the kidnapping of innocent people, including children. Flags and government buildings flew at half-mast on Monday as a mark of respect for the dead, and US President Joe Biden also lent his support to Israel. In this moment of tragedy, I want to say to them and to the world and to terrorists everywhere that the United States stands with Israel. We will not ever fail to have their back. Israel responded to the strikes by ordering a complete siege of Gaza, cutting off food, water and power from the entire Gaza Strip. Hamas, in return, threatened to start executing the more than 100 Israeli hostages it still holds if bombing of civilian areas doesn't cease. James Cleverly, the UK's Foreign Secretary, declined to criticise the Gaza siege and says the UK stands with Israel. 
Israel has a right to defend itself against uh, attack. The UK completely supports Israel's right to defend itself proportionately. The truth of the matter is that this was a terrorist attack. This week has also seen pro-Palestinian and pro-Hamas protests across Europe with calls from senior Hamas leaders for a jihad. Prime Minister Rishi Sunak was formally backing Israel as he spoke on Tuesday morning and calling out protesters who've expressed support for Hamas. The police have been given very clear uh, guidance and advice from the government to do everything that they can to keep the community safe. I'll just remind everyone that Hamas is a prescribed terrorist organisation. People should not be supporting Hamas and we will make sure that we hold people to account if they are. As the death toll from the Hamas attacks in Israel continued to rise, Foreign Secretary James Cleverly visited sites in Israel on Wednesday and had to dash for cover when air raid sirens sounded. The UK's Defence Secretary Grant Shapps continued to back Israel even as residents of Gaza struggled to cope with no power, food or water. Well, every country has to act within international law. That is absolutely right. Now, we support Israel's uh, right to defend itself, but they will be defending themselves by going after those terrorists. The UN's Palestinian aid agency is urgently seeking funds to help those trapped in Gaza as the war between Israel and Hamas rages on. Liz Thrussell from the UN Human Rights Office says that it's a matter of real urgency to help those caught in the middle. We could almost say that it's an unprecedented situation. It's a cycle of vengeance and basically the people who pay the price are Israeli civilians and Palestinian civilians. By Friday morning, authorities were saying that at least 1,300 Israelis died during the Hamas incursion, with over 1,500 Palestinians having since been killed by Israeli airstrikes. Residents of Gaza were running out of food and water, and the Israeli Defence Forces warned over one million residents they needed to move out of the south of Gaza to avoid a potential ground invasion. Israeli Prime Minister and the head of the new unity government, Benjamin Netanyahu, hosted a press conference with American Secretary of State Anthony Blinken. Netanyahu warned of many difficult days ahead. This is a time, a particular time, that we must stand tall, proud, and united against evil. Thank you, America, for standing with Israel today, tomorrow, and always. Among the remarks, Blinken addressed the persistent false claim that the $6 billion released by the US to Iran had been used to fund these attacks. The US and Qatar have now frozen Iran's access to those funds which remain closely supervised. The Secretary of State also reiterated America's unwavering support for Israel against all enemies. To any adversary, state or non-state, thinking of taking advantage of the current crisis to attack Israel. Don't. The United States has Israel's back. The Labour Party conference kicked off in Liverpool on Sunday with a focus on next year's general election. Deputy Leader Angela Rayner was Sunday's main speaker and promised a ban on no-fault evictions and the biggest increase in social housing in a generation if Labour take control. The conference follows a major Scottish by-election win in Rutherglen and Hamilton West and that confidence seems to be rubbing off. Monday saw Shadow Chancellor Rachel Reeves' speech revealing a long to-do list, promising a HS2 inquiry, a scrapping of non-DOM taxation rules, new rules on private jets for ministers and a rewiring of Britain's energy grid. She also plans to target the estimated £7.2 billion lost through COVID fraud and mismanagement. We will appoint a COVID corruption commissioner supported by a hit squad of investigators equipped with the powers they need and the mandate to do whatever it takes to claw back the money 
that has ripped off the taxpayer. Her core message was that voters can trust Labour on the economy and she got an endorsement from former Bank of England Governor Mark Carney after she spoke. Labour peer Lord Mandelson says that he can see echoes of Labour's famous 1997 election victory after last week's Tory shambles. The Conservative Party conference last week, that sort of spectacle, that sort of exhibition, that great circus of all sort of squabbling and fighting, you know, for the life and soul of the Conservative Party and who takes it forward after their defeat next year. And I suddenly thought, my God, even the Conservatives now think that we're going to win. Tuesday saw Labour leader Sir Keir Starmer take the stage in Liverpool at the Labour Party conference. However, he wasn't alone on the stage for long as a protester from People Demand Democracy bounded on stage and covered him in glitter in a slightly odd protest. Starmer seemed relatively calm, removing his now sparkly jacket and rolling up his sleeves as he turned the glitter into a political point. If he thinks that bothers me, he doesn't know me. Protest or power, that's why we changed our party conference. That's why we changed our party. His speech promised the Labour government that would restore order and balance to a battered British society with talk of 1.5 million new homes. He also warned that there were no oven-ready solutions to the current chaos, but that the Labour government would offer stability and a restoration of the NHS. People are looking at us because they want our wounds to heal. And we are the healers. People are looking to us because they want to build a new Britain. And we are the builders. Sir Keir Starmer's conference speech got a positive reaction overall from media and political commentators, although former leader Jeremy Corbyn was unimpressed, calling for more bold changes. With another by-election looming next week and the polling showing Labour maintaining a clear lead over the Tories, there was a queue of speakers with new initiatives and plans for a future Labour government. Shadow Attorney General Emily Thornbury was promising new laws on stalking and sexual harassment at work. Shadow Home Secretary Yvette Cooper announced a plan for tough love hubs to tackle youth crime and she took the gloves off when it came to current Home Secretary Suella Braverman. I mean, the chaos just keeps getting worse. We have had five Tory Prime Ministers in seven years and seven Tory Home Secretaries, two of them, Suella Braverman, literally the only person who could make you want to bring back Pretty Patel. Wednesday saw the Labour Party conference in Liverpool wrap up after a carefully managed event designed to prove that Labour are ready to be the next government. There were no major errors, nobody cancelled any high-speed rail lines and even though his speech was briefly interrupted by a protester, Sir Keir Starmer delivered a clear and hopeful message from the main stage. He spoke to Kay Burley on Wednesday and explained what the greater purpose behind his speech was. What I was trying to do was create an emotional connection with the future and to give people the sense that uh, things can renew, that um, wounds can heal, that what's broken can be repaired. As events unfolded in Israel, the US Congress found itself tied up in knots as it struggled to elect a new Speaker. Republican Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy was pushed out of his position last week by MAGA Republicans and the week saw a power struggle going on over who will replace him. Two candidates emerged. Steve Scalise is the current Majority Leader of the House and his rival Chairman of the Judiciary Committee, Jim Jordan, is a Trump loyalist who has been making a mess of the investigations into Hunter Biden. Scalise won his first internal Republican vote on Wednesday, 113-99 to and he was sounding optimistic about getting things back to normal as soon as possible. We have a lot of work to do, uh, not just in the House for the people of this country, but we see how dangerous of a world it is and how things can change so quickly. Uh, We need to make sure we're sending a message to people all throughout the world that the House 
is open and doing the people's business. By Thursday evening, he withdrawn his nomination, unable to gather enough votes, which leaves the US without a functioning legislation and a looming government shutdown. NATO and the European Union are stepping up their aid for Ukraine to bridge the gap, and NATO Secretary-General Jens Stolenberg spoke to the media before a two-day meeting of defence ministers in Brussels. He was joined by Ukrainian President Zelensky, and he was warning that as winter approaches, Russia will only step up its attacks on energy targets. Russia has increased attacks on critical infrastructure and is preparing again to use winter as a weapon of war. So we must continue to step up and sustain the steady flow or weapons and ammunition to Ukraine. With chaos in the US Congress, along with the outbreak of war between Israel and Hamas, Ukrainian President Zelensky was asked if he's concerned that Ukraine might find itself short on weapons and international aid. Of course, everybody is afraid that if, if there are some other tragedies worse in the world, what partners, especially United States, what, what they can give you. Everybody is afraid, and I think also Russia counts on it, on dividing support. Still to come on the standout seven, London worries about bedbugs and Holly quits this morning. Right after this. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back. The whole of France has been scratching hysterically after reports of a bedbug infestation in Paris. Social media has driven the story and Monday saw the UK getting excited as a viral video surfaced of what appeared to be a bedbug on the tube. The British Pest Control Association says it's unlikely as bedbugs are largely nocturnal and also don't have pockets to carry an oyster card. London Mayor City Can says transport for London are on high alert, but he's pretty confident you don't need to panic on the tube just yet. TfL have one of the, the best you know, regimes to clean our assets. It's uh, on a nightly uh, basis. We're, we're speaking to our friends in Paris to see if there are any lessons to be learned. For a variety of reasons, we don't think those issues will arise in uh, London, but no complacency from TfL. Back in June, Holly Willoughby wanted to know... Firstly, are you OK? I hope so. That was when she returned to This Morning after the intense drama over Philip Schofield that saw him exit the show. Now she's been involved in intense drama herself. Pulled off the show at short notice as police arrested and charged a man over a plan to kidnap and murder the presenter. She posted a resignation letter on Tuesday announcing that she was leaving the show for herself and her family and telling fans she'll miss them so much. She's leaving after 14 years on the This Morning couch. This was her first morning way back in 2009. Good morning, just as the title started I said I nah, I'm not doing it <laughs> I'm holding on very tight welcome thank you how do you feel hello um like this isn't really happening well you just said that a second ago which makes me just a tad bit <laughs> <laughs> Eight
If you were to make a long list of the UK's politest people, I'm pretty sure that both Prince Williams and Greg James would be close to the top. So it's a little startling to have a report that they're having a row. It all kicked off when Radio 1's drive time duo of Jordan North and Vic Hope met up with the Prince and Princess of Wales and asked about their favourite DJs. Prince William didn't hold back and Greg was pretty shell-shocked about it. I can definitely say with great purpose that Greg James is an average DJ and Jordan and Vic are the, the future. <laughs> I, I don't really know how to... They don't really ever have a go at anyone. Ashton Bristol, one of my favourite texts we've ever received. The only thing for it, Greg, is to egg his house. <laughs> I... I'd bloody love to egg his house. You've been listening to The Smart 7. We'll be back tomorrow at 7am. Hit that follow button and have a great day. Give us seven minutes and we'll give you the world. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.